0: So there's bad, there's really bad, there's historically bad. And then there's, oh my God, will the suffering ever end bad. The Detroit Pistons have ventured into, oh my God, will the suffering never end bad. Yeah. This is Sports Central, part of the closing tag network. I'm recording this as of December 28th, 2023. I am currently looking at the standings and I see Boston is at top, Minnesota's up there, Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Denver. Surprisingly enough, the Clippers are up there, Miami. Orlando, Cleveland, Sacramento, Dallas. All the way down the bottom is the Detroit Pistons at a very, very bad two wins, 28 losses. Yeah. If I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, I would be showing up at the game chanting sell the team and wearing paper bags over my head too. So the thing that everybody seems to be focusing on is this media narrative. And again, the media loves to take a dead horse and just beat the shit out of it. This, uh, 27 game losing streak, which now is an all-time NBA record for most consecutive losses in a single season. That's the key distinction. Single season. The Philadelphia 76ers from the last, or from the 2015-2016 season, I should say, uh, topped that but that was over accumulation of two seasons so the thing that people don't seem to realize is this is not just something that just happened out of the blue this is not just this is not the 1999 chicago Bulls where they won an nba championship and then all of a sudden they just completely dropped off the face of the earth after michael jordan retired now This is accumulation of just horrible, horrible, horrible management, coaching, whatever. And and Monty Williams, I want to just preface by saying Monty Williams is a decent coach. I don't think he is a slouch or a, a bum as a coach, but you cannot deny the fact that he hasn't done a great job. Period. Let me just read some of these uh, scores here. So one forty-six, one fourteen, lost to Milwaukee. That's you know that's to be expected. It's Milwaukee. One twenty-four to ninety-two to Philadelphia. Again, that should be expected. One twenty-nine, one eleven. That one's a little bit more closer. Another one to Philadelphia. Orlando, 123-91. The Lakers, 133-107. Washington. This is one that, you know, kind of hits home. Washington beat them 126-107. That's pretty bad. And it doesn't look like the losing streak is going to end anytime soon because they've The next 10 games that they've got are against Boston, one of the best teams in the league, Toronto, Houston, Utah, Golden State, who's finally starting to figure things out now that Draymond is doing anger management, Denver, Sacramento, San Antonio, Houston, and Washington. Of those 10 games, the two, the only two that I can see that are actually winnable by reasonable standards is San Antonio and Washington, and especially the San Antonio game because that's at home. The only downside to that is that it's on the back end of a back-to-back. Now, what do I mean when I say that this is an accumulation of just poor management and everything keep in mind that the Detroit Pistons last playoff appearance was back in 2019 and they were the eighth seed at 41 wins 41 losses and that was the first year that Dwayne Casey was there as the head coach And then you go even further back than that. Their last playoff appearance before that was 2016, where they were 44 and 38. Both of those, they ended up losing in the first round. The last time the Detroit Pistons made it past the first round of the playoffs was clear back in 2008. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics. And of those k- seasons. Since 2019. The Detroit Pistons have won a total. I'm doing some rudimentary math here. Of 82 games. Over the last four and a half seasons. 82 games. That's how many games are in one season. And yet that's how many games they've won over the last four and a half years. Granted, 2019-2020 was a COVID-shortened season. Pretty much everybody that uh was not gonna make the playoffs that year After COVID shut everything down and they decided to bring the league back for the bubble, pretty much everybody else was told, just stay home. That included the Detroit Pistons. So they didn't have a chance to really win more than 20 games. But still, 82, over four and a half years... And they thought that they could fix the problem by changing the head coach, which they did. They ended up going from Dwayne Casey for the last five years to Monty Williams, who only became available after Phoenix decided to get rid of him. And not only have things not improved, they've gotten worse. Keep in mind, their offensive rating is only 108.6. I'm just going to do some quick um, rudimentary math here. 108.6. Just kind of going over some metrics here, like advanced settings. Okay, so 108.6 is third worst right now in the league. Third. That only tops San Antonio and Memphis. Memphis is kind of a misnomer right now because of the fact that John Morant just barely came back a few games ago. So that one doesn't really count. Defensive rating is only good enough for 26th in the league at 120.1. The only four teams that are worse than the Detroit Pistons right now defensively are Atlanta, Indiana, Charlotte and Washington. Of those 4 teams only 1 right now is considered a playoff contender. Then you look at the net rating. Detroit is second to last at a minus 11.5. Only San Antonio is worse. Detroit is on pace to finish with a 5-win 77-loss season, which would effectively be the worst record in NBA history. Now why is this happening? Besides the defense being terrible. while well, their shooting percentage is not great either. Let's see. So field goal percentage. Right now, they are the second worst three-point shooting team in the league. At only 33%. Memphis is worse. That's it. And again, Memphis, we don't really count because John Morant just barely came back. So, with that, come some questions. Why are they so bad? Because I'm looking at the roster right now. The roster's not a bunch of scrubs. I mean, some are scrubs, but you've got some talent here. You've got guys like Kate Cunningham. You've got Marvin Bagley, Alec Burks, um, Joe Harris. I mean, come on, Joe Harris for a few years in new in Brooklyn. I was about to say New Jersey, but you know, it's still the Nets. you know, Joe Harris was an instrumental part in that Brooklyn Nets team that almost made the playoffs, and that was the year before they acquired both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Bojan Bogdanovic, jazz fans will remember that name. He was a very instrumental part in those uh, jazz teams. Because of the fact that he was an excellent three-point shooter. So how did did two guys who are considered two of the sharpest shooting players in the league go from that to being on the worst three-point shooting team in the league? It kind of boggles my mind. And it doesn't help the fact, as I'm pulling up stats here on the fly, that right now, Joe Harris is averaging career lows across the board. Scoring, shooting, rebounding, all of it. Boyan Bogdanovich, granted, he's putting in the work. He's got almost 20 points a game. He's averaging better than career average on assists and shooting percentage. But his three-point shooting percentage is down. Free throw shooting is down across the board for the entire team. So there is a lot of Just really bad, um, I want to say, just really bad performance all across the board. And as I mentioned, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Detroit is kind of middle of the road in terms of free throw attempts, but their true shooting percentage is near the bottom. Again only four teams are worse and one of them is Memphis. So color me surprised when I woke up this morning and I saw some social media posts That was my first mistake, is going on social media when I first wake up to see some fan rumors, as I'm calling them. Unless it's coming from Shams or Woj, I'm considering anything I read on social media as fan fiction or fan reports or fan rumors. That's just how I have to approach it these days because there's just too much bullshit going on right now on social media. And considering that we're coming up, and again, I don't like crossing the streams on these podcasts. Considering we're coming up on an election year, it's only going to get worse. Just saying. But, like, rumors of the Lakers going after DeJounte Murray. Rumors of... I mean, okay, the Bulls asking for a first-round pick uh, along with assets for either Levine or DeMar DeRozan. I mean, I called that on this podcast. So, you know, you're welcome. But fan rumors... Were circulating Facebook this morning uh, about the Pistons being a player for guys like Pascal Siakam. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that with a straight face. Pascal Siakam. And I thought Lakers fans were delusional. (laughs) Oh, thanks for the laugh. Thanks for the laugh. I laugh. But no, uh, Pistons fans are clamoring for the Pistons to go after guys like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and there was one other one, uh, Tobias Harris yeah i don't see any of that happening let's presume for a second that philadelphia ends up becoming a title contender if everything holds court and stays the course you honestly think a guy at this stage in his career like tobias harris is going to pass up an opportunity to win a ring to play in fucking Detroit or a young guy like OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam passing up an opportunity to not only get more recognition and more wins along with money in, say, hmm, what's a good one, Dallas or hmm, Golden State, assuming Golden State is done with Draymond Green after this season, and assuming that Klay Thompson bails. You honestly think OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam are going to come to Detroit. Yeah, I was unaware Michigan had legalized acid. I know Oregon did, well, Portland. But even Trailblazers fans don't have that level of delusion. And yes, I just accused Pistons fans online of dropping acid. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging. Just don't let it impair your judgment. Yeah, cool. But yeah, I don't see there being much of a change positively for the Pistons other than, I mean, the only thing that I can think of would be if management had changed and I don't know if that's changing anytime soon now there are some pieces in place that give Pistons fans a lot of hope and I'm saying this as a jazz fan I don't have a horse in this particular race in the East but you're looking at guys like Ken Cunningham like Asar Thompson who is a defensive beast already in his rookie season. But then again, that's why they drafted him. You know, guys like Jay Nivey, get guys like Marvin Bagley, guys like James Wiseman, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, who right now is the lead scorer on the Pistons by default by default. You know, guys like that are going to be instrumental in any rebuild and if Detroit is going to pull out of this funk this just terrible terrible funk right now they're going to need to do two things and I'm not sure management that's currently there is capable of this but they're gonna need better coaching And they're going to to continue to draft and trade effectively. Now, could this mean that Detroit is going to be a player if and when the time comes for Golden State to offload Draymond Green? Very possibly. And honestly, I would not be the least bit surprised if they at least tried. I mean... I honestly could see Detroit taking Bogdanovich and or Joe Harris along with a future first round pick and offering that up to the Warriors in exchange for Draymond. Can you imagine, never mind all of his shooting moves the last couple of years in Detroit. Can you imagine a guy like Bojan Bogdanovich playing alongside the Splash Bros? I mean, holy shit. Do you imagine Joe Harris possibly playing alongside Stephen Clay? I mean, game over at that point. But something's got to change in Detroit. Right now, Staying the course and you know, going by the status quo isn't working clearly, and they at least tried something they try to change with the coach, but it's only making it worse, not better. And the sooner they realize, what's going on and how to best resolve it the sooner they can snap out of this historic funk until then Detroit can take solace in knowing that the only team historically that has been worse than them were the trust the process 76ers And hey, that ended up really going really well in the, in the end for Philadelphia. So there's that. Also, don't hit up my mentions or my email at rawl at theclosingtag.com and proclaim how the Lakers are going to get whoever they want, whenever they want, for whatever price that they decide that they're going to pay. It doesn't work that way, guys. I've been trying to tell you this for 20 years. And you never listen. Every superstar in this league is going to come with a price. And you're not going to like the price every time. But hey. Just keep assuming that it's everybody else's fault and not LeBron's. Just keep telling yourself that. It's fine. The rest of the league will just continue improving and getting better while the Lakers continue to just drudge along. So, there you go. Yeah, 25 minutes. That should do it. All right. If you guys want to check out the blogs at theclosingtag.com. Links are in the description. Uh, If you're listening to this on Spotify, leave a review. Reviews are nice. If you are watching this on Facebook, like, share, and comment. If you are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, like the channel, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell for notifications. That way, if a new video drops, probably after the new year, you will be notified right away. I will see you guys when I see you guys. There's some things that are kind of in the works right now. So just giving you a prefacing heads up that there may be a lull period, but you know we'll be back at it before long uh and until then i want to thank you guys for downloading for watching for donating for listening doing everything that you can to help support the podcast your efforts do not go unnoticed so thank you until next time that i grace you guys remember to include your closing tags thank you